are listening to All Things Cosmic, Philosophy, Science, Art, and much more. A podcast at the Center for Process Studies. I am your co-host, John Ivy Gill, along with Andrew Davis. Welcome. On All Things Cosmic, we have adventurous conversations with people from all walks of life who are concerned about and pursue the common good. So sit back, get a cup of coffee, and enjoy. We are proudly the Center for Process Studies, a relational worldview for the common good. www.centerforprocess.org www.ctr number four process.org Get ready for some amazing conversation. What up, y'all? Good to be in your ears once again. This is John Ivan Gill cross-community coordinator with the Center for Process Studies. Peace to everyone listening. Thanks for tuning into All Things Cosmic and for checking out the first episode. If you've not checked out the first episode with Dr. Daniel Whitehodge, make sure you revisit it. You can find it on all platforms. Well, I am really, really glad to introduce to you our guest for today, a good friend of mine, Eats Papalo. Eats Papalot is a certified registered yoga teacher, jewelry artist, and meditation slash mind yoga instructor with a focus in sexual alchemy. Initiated by her elder Unbats Min and inspired by Mother Earth and her divine Aztec culture. Eats Papalo shares an inviting and indelible embodiment of the esoteric and sacred teachings of mind yoga, offering special explorations of sexual alchemy. She comes to us bearing life-transformative enlightenment directly communicated to her by Mayan daykeeper Unbats Min and joyfully offers this ancient wisdom to the souls and spirits of the present. Along with being initiated as a teacher of Mayan truth by Unbats Min, as well as a certified registered yoga teacher, Ich Papalo also creates Mother Earth-inspired handmade jewelry that reflect her own divine Aztec culture and organic ways of life of various other original peoples of the world. So it is my esteemed honor to present Eats Papalo. Stay tuned. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's Papalo. We're so glad to have you in our presence mm-hmm. on All Things Cosmic. My pleasure. Cool, cool. Well, just to to start off, um, now I know these things about you, but our listeners don't. So I'd like you to give us a brief introduction as to who you are and what you're doing and what you contribute, the things you contribute to the world. Mm, Okay. Um, Well... I am a creatress. I create handcrafted jewelry. 
using uh, elements of the earth, copper, brass, uh, leather, deer skin, healing crystals, uh, with love, intention. I look to my ancestors, um, the Azteca culture or the Maya culture to give me inspiration for these pieces. And I'm also a certified yoga instructor and meditation instructor. And I was also initiated by the Honorable Unbatsmen to share Mayan yoga, which is an ancient yogic practice uh, consisting of meditation, mudra, and um, what they call kik or mantras. So very similar to ancient yoga. Uh, so sharing those practices, um, I am also, as of recently, the last couple years, um, practicing in Aztec drumming and dancing, uh, which has been an amazing journey, very challenging, very intimidating. Um, there's so much love. I, I love learning. I love practicing and I love challenging myself. And I am also a daughter of my beautiful parents who come from, um, well, they were born here in Los Angeles, they're Chicano, but my grandparents come from Durango, Mexico, and also from Hermosillo, Mexico, and Texas. And I'm also a mother to two amazingly beautiful humans who I'm so proud of i'm so proud to be their mother so yeah that's pretty much me wow wow that's wonderful that's wonderful and in process thought we like to talk about the human or the entity as a collection of several things not just one thing and i think you've described that in yourself perfectly you know Thanks. each papalot is not just an instructor of yoga each papalot is a daughter a mother, a creator of fantastic jewelry, which I wear around my neck sometimes because she's Yay! made some great ones for me. Um, <laughs> but um, yes, you've given us a multiplicity of self, and I think that's beautiful. That's very, that's very beautiful. Now, now you've given us a whole bunch of things to tap into. So tell us about your journey, because I know you've always embraced your culture, but. Mm -hmm. There's something about all of us that partakes in journeys on learning more about that. So tell us about your own journey and learning about who you are and who you're becoming. Mm, okay. Well, I always, always consider myself a student. So I'm still learning. I'm still on this learning path, uh, which I love. I love to learn. Um, but I feel growing up, I always felt there was something more calling me than just the norm. You know, my parents, we grew up uh, Catholic and uh, they, you know, I was going to Catholic classes, catechism, catechism. And it's really interesting because I remember really young, I, I did my, first the baptism the first communion and then on the next one i was going to classes at that time 
I had a cat. His name was Felix. And my dad, who's a hard worker, was paying for my cat because my cat developed a lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And so my dad was pouring out all this money to try to save Felix. Well, as a young girl, I asked the nun in my catechism class, like, hey, uh, is my cat going to go to heaven? And she's like, no, <laughs> only humans go to heaven. And it broke my heart. And right. honestly, it broke my spirit. Mm-hmm. And I go and I tell my dad, and it broke his spirit too. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, I never had to go back to catechism. And my dad said <laughs> some pretty mean things about the nun, which I will not repeat. <laughs> you can <laughs> but, if you want. I'm not going to censor you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he basically said, yeah, well, that bitch hasn't been to heaven either. <laughs> and so from that day, I'm telling you, John, I never had to go back to church, catechism, mm-hmm. any of that. Um, as I'm growing older, I, I'm a young mother. You know, I was a young mother growing up. I didn't really have time to find myself. You know, I was developing into a mother, raising my daughter. And I was her mom. And that was really my role. Um, As my kids grew older, I wanted them to have focus and to uh, be creative. Um, So I started learning more about myself, about my culture, about my ancestors, so I could give that gift to my children also. So we all started learning at the same time of our ancestors. And... um, you know, little by little, just continue on that path. Um, When my son was about a year old, uh, he's 21 now, Mm -hmm. I started, um, I was working at City of Hope at the time, and they offered us free yoga lessons. So every week I would go to the yoga classes, and I loved them. They were so calming, relaxing, challenging, and the teacher just always looked so blissed out and I was like well how do I get to that point Mm. and so after her teachings were done it was a few months uh she offered us to come to her studio but at that time yoga was just really expensive Uh, so I wasn't able to do that so I bought a book and I started practicing at home Uh, I'm an avid reader Uh, my mom has instilled that within me since I was a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, So love reading. So I bought these yoga books, books on the chakras, and just went home and I would practice and study on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, As I got older, I started going to yoga studios. And um, I just love that that practice, yoga, um, more like a hatha style yoga, uh, focusing on the asanas, on the body meditation, chakras. And so I, one of my friends, a really good friend of mine, he introduced me to this book by Unbatsmen, Maya Science and Religion. And after reading this book, Unbats talks about Mayan yoga. Well, me having already been a practitioner of yoga for probably around 
15 years at that time, uh, it just blew my mind. Like, what is Maya in yoga? Mm-hmm. You know, I have such a deep connection to the Maya culture being that, you know, it's in Mexico, it's part of Mexico. And uh, I, I had to learn more. So I started researching and I feel like it was an alignment of the stars because it led me to Unbat's men and his teachings. And he was having a workshop, you know, kind of, where we could go to Kentucky and study with him. So I did. And it was one of the most life-changing events that has happened in my life. Um, I went, I studied, I learned so much from this man uh, who I honor and adore so much. This wealth of information and wisdom that he shared with me and reminding me to share it with everybody. You know, this is not a secret. All this information needs to be known. So um, that began my new path in Mayan yoga. I was initiated in Serpent Mound, Ohio, and I was now thrown into the world to teach these teachings. Um, When I started approaching yoga studios, uh, I got a lot of a lot of um, deterrence. You know, it's like, no, you're not a certified yoga teacher. That's not yoga. And so I went and I got my RYT. So now I'm certified. I'm a certified yoga instructor and I can teach whatever I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I took that certification and um, started teaching the Mayan yoga combined with some of the asanas, some of the poses. And that's where I've been for about the last six years teaching and sharing this information with everybody. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. That's very yeah. powerful. Um, so tell me a little bit about Hunbat's men and what it was like studying with him. You, yes. sat, right at his, you sat right at his feet. And you, yes. T- tell us about that. Oh, he's just such an amazing, amazing being. Um, he's no longer here in the physical form with us, mm-hmm. uh, but we keep him alive through our memories and his teachings. Um, Unbats is <laughs> the most down-to-earth, funny being that you could meet. Um, so full of wisdom. So full. So I went to Cold Springs, Kentucky. And I, yes, I got to study with him. It was like a classroom setting. We would meet at this classroom every day from nine to about six. And we would practice, you know, he would just talk. And it was a very intimate setting. I think there was only about seven other participants there with me. And we could freely ask him, you know, stop. Hey, Unbots, what about this? And so um, I went prepared. I had just a whole notebook full of questions for this man. And um, every time I asked him a question, he was so thoughtful. You know, he would really take his time to answer me. And um, one thing I, I really honor him and love him so much for is that he didn't know all the answers. 
And he would tell me, I don't know. I don't know. And at first that was a little frustrating for me because I wanted the answers. <laughs> <laughs> but then, um, you know, I had to, my ego had to check me and I had to say, you know, or I had to check my ego more like and say, you know what? This man loves you because he is not going to compose an answer that you want to hear just to satisfy your ego. He is going to be honest with you and tell you, I don't know. And so that was such a beautiful thing. You know, just all of the wisdom. I feel so grateful for this man for sharing this divine wisdom with me and um, allowing me to share it with other people. And a little about Unbats, uh, about his life growing up, he did share with us. Uh, he grew up, he was destined to be, um, for lack of better words, they call a shaman, what we would think of a shaman here, um, what they call a haukin, or a master of the sun, was his title. He was a solar daykeeper. He would keep track of the sun and the movements, the significant events, and so forth. That was his role in his community. And he grew up uh, with his uncle Beto. His uncle Beto was also a Hauk'in. And Unbat said that he would take him under the Seba tree, the sacred Seba, and they would sit under this tree and they would meditate. And as they meditated, all of their cosmic memories returned to them. Because what Umbat's men says is that we already have all of this information within us. We just have to remember it. So power, very powerful, very powerful medicine that he shared with me. And I'm so honored and grateful to our dear teacher, Umbat's men. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. And thank you so much for sharing him with me because I was unaware of his work until you told me about it. And, and now he's a part of my classes uh -huh. and you've, and yeah. I've had you come into um, my classes and talk about him. So for process people who are listening, um, for people who claim to be process thinkers, you need to read um, Secrets of Mind, Science and Religion. Um, I think it's a text that needs to be studied in philosophy of religion. It needs to be studied in religious studies. It needs to be a text that we see more in our academy. Um, because I love the way he starts. And I've, and I've told you this before. Um, I forget, I believe it's in chapter one where he's talking about the sacred gene. And he's saying, while people were in Europe trying to figure out, was there a difference between mind and body? We had already, we, had, we, we were thinking about other questions. We were thinking about the universe as us in mm. Lakesh, you know, mm -hmm. you, I am you, you are I, the universe is, and, 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 and process thought, this is something that we many times discuss, you know, um, mm -hmm. we, we always, cause Whitehead was very um, particular about this Western distinction between um, the physical and the ideal realm because Whitehead didn't like that. Um, mm. And, and he even says in part, and the first part of process and reality is magnum opus. He says, if you, if you really want to get what I'm doing, you have to understand philosophy. You have to understand Eastern philosophies. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and of course, um, Unbot's men makes a connection between the philosophies that were a part of China, Japan, the philosophy that were a part of Egypt, the philosophy that were a part of what we now know as the Middle East. Um, he mm-hmm. talks about all these things as being interconnected. And I'm really glad that you brought me into that world, um, you know, because this was something that I needed, I needed to read. And, mm. um, and I'm really grateful that you shared that with me. Um, yes, you know, that's my job. <laughs> yes, and you, and you did it well, you know. Thank you. And, you. and you did it well, you know. I mean, with my father's side of the family being from a place that, that is um, the Mayan civilization, that meant a lot mm-hmm. to me. You know? Yes. And so it was very, was very, very instrumental. Um, and, you know, even to build off of that, because I think there's something about your work that, because the Center for Process Studies, our tagline is a relational worldview for the common good. Mm-hmm. And that encompasses a lot of people, a lot of ideas, a lot of movements. Um, so I want to ask you, in light of the world as it's all in light of the world as it's been for hundreds of years but as it is in people's faces now what does your tradition and what do the things that you do in the world have to say to that the oppression the violence um the wars the economic imprisonments the racism um the several types of injustices what does the work that you do have to say to that Well, uh, I don't know if they've actually addressed those things because they're more ancient teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know, as far as like Aztec philosophies, which also go into the Mayan philosophies as well, um, is you know they—it's just part of it. It's just part of life. You know, we believe in Ometeo, which is the duality. You know, um, the, the, the moon and the sun, the day and the night, the sweet and the bitter, it's part of life. I feel like personally, we can't focus on those things because they've always been and they always will be. Uh, we need to focus where we want our energy to grow. So unfortunately, yes, those things sometimes affect us, but we need to focus on the positive aspects too, because we could lose sight and we could really, you know, fall down a tunnel if we just continually focused. If I have the news on and I'm just listening to it all day long, you know, that's where my energy is going. That's where my attention's going. But if I'm sitting at home, taking care of my plants, meditating, reading, you know, then that's where my energy is in, in wisdom and knowledge, in plants and love. So I think that's important too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest answer. Yeah. Good 4,000. Select again. <laughs> no, but, and yeah, I think, I think that's beautiful because um, many times we do get caught up in what we're hearing and we do forget that the way the world is, is not the way it's always been. It's not the way it always has to be, even though these elements do exist. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, um, our ancestors practiced the world way differently. Now they had issues as well, but Mm -hmm. um, 
they 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 practiced the world in such a way to where duality was understood and duality was more embraced. You know, so yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think this is I think that, that, that this is very key. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in in terms of how we look at the world and in terms of because I I would say that 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 Hunmat's men's and and other um, work in this vein um, it addresses these issues in that. It teaches us to look at duality and it teaches mm-hmm. us to look at multiplicity. Well, there's no such thing as this or that. This is that. Mm-hmm. And, and when we look at the world that way, a lot of the issues that we have don't go away, but we have a mechanism by which to, to embrace them and to, un, and, to un, and to understand them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's powerful. It's powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff. And also, um, even along these lines somewhat, um, I know that you in recent years have turned to veganism. Tell us about that. Yes. Well, um, it was really for my health. Um, I was dying. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. how I felt. I felt like I was literally physically dying. Mm -hmm. Uh, My stomach was killing me. I was mm-hmm. in and out of the emergency room and the doctors couldn't tell me what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, at first they diagnosed me with hypopylori, pylori, which mm-hmm. was a bacteria in my gut. Mm-hmm. And then um, I did some other tests. They're like, no, we think it's your gallstones. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I went to, I was seeing a regular Western doctor mm-hmm. and um, he was from India though. And he told me, uh, you need to go on a vegan diet. At this time I was already vegetarian. Right. But he said, you need to go on a vegan diet. And I was like, I already vegetarian. You know, I don't eat meat. I rarely eat cheese. He's like, you need to go on a vegan diet. <laughs> <laughs> he, so, he, just, he just kept saying it over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you getting this? And so, um, that's when I really started looking at my food as medicine. Mm-hmm. And not everything vegan is good for you. Let me just say that. True. <laughs> Don't True. go on a vegan diet and just eat Oreos right. <laughs> and French fries. You can't do that. Take no. that <laughs> but when you look at your food as medicine and you start to um, really see what you're consuming, mm-hmm. it, is a life changer. Mm-hmm. I healed myself. I stopped going to that Western doctor uh, and I lost faith in that Western doctor because I was able to cure myself, you know, with smoothies, with okay. kale, with ginger, with turmeric. And I would just drink these, you know, smoothies, juices, concoctions that I made. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, wow, this, this takes my pain away. Right. And little by little, it went away and it's gone. And I haven't felt like that in over three, four years. So thank the creator for reminding me um, that this mother earth is medicine. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just reminding me to be conscious of what I consume. Mm-hmm. Because everything that goes into your body affects you. Right. Everything. Even if we sit and we're watching the media all day long, that's, we're still consuming that. We just need to be really conscious of what we take in. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah, that reminds me of something that Saul Williams said one time when, when he, was, he was speaking about media as garbage in, garbage out, but he used the analogy of Cheetos, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, my, my aunt Sonia, rest in peace, she, she got me started on those, like, and we used to, <laughs> we used to, every time I'd see, and, and my mom would hate it, because my mom was, my mom was, was always pretty, was always a pretty health conscious person, so she'd hate it, like, oh, you're going to aunt Sonia, so I, so I know <laughs> your diet is not going to be good over there, <laughs> but, but she wouldn't say too much about it, because I was a kid, and she let right. me do that. But you know, yeah, we used to. That was our thing. We used to go get Cheetos. Um, but but Saul used this, this, this analogy, and he's right. And um, and he said, "Well, look, you know, you you eat a bag of Cheetos, then you're going to the bathroom, and you're wondering why it smells like a sewer when you're done. Well, mm-hmm. no shit, no right. pun intended. You know, no, <laughs> no pun intended. So, so yeah, it does bring us." It does bring us to the, that sort of awareness, you know, what we put in is what comes out. And then even to go further to the ecological issues, which I kind of see yes. in the work of Unbot's men, um, mm-hmm. is, is that, well, if we really, and this is, the, this is a thing that, that process, process-related organizations like, like um, ECOCIV, the Center for Process Studies, et cetera, um, are kind of focused on. Um, you know, well, what are we doing to the planet? Um, and especially when it comes to, when it comes down to the issue of companies not making, not having natural farms to where these things exist on their own, um, Mm -hmm. you know, but you get to the point to where you're mass producing non-human animals for food. That's different. Gross. Super gross. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and the conditions under which they're mm-hmm. living are terrible. Um, the mass production does certain things to the ozone layer and to the environment mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, yeah. you know, so yeah, it's, it's, um, when, when I read philosophies such as these, um, I begin to really think about that and begin to really reconnect. And, you know, in process thought, we do talk about, as I, as I, as I, as I mentioned before, well, this lack of distinction between the ideas and the physical world or the spirit and the body, for lack of a better word, to even use religious terminology, somewhat religious terminology, which I wish I want to go back to in a, in a bit because you brought some of that up earlier. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, you know, it causes us, at least for me, to rethink how we live in the world, you know? Um, Absolutely. I think too, to add, um, what I've been really trying to do is go back to the ancestral ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I have so much love for my ancestors and they're so wise, um, all of the wisdom that they've, they've left for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of that, one of, one part of that wisdom was, um, the things that they gave reverence to. Right. So they gave reverence, and I'm speaking the, about the Aztec people at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave reverence to what they call the three sisters. The three sisters was the maize, mm-hmm. the squash, and maize, squash, was it beans? I forgot. It's one of those, but they're all vegan. <laughs> You know, they weren't giving reverence to the dead animal. Right. No, I'm not saying they didn't eat animals. Right. But is in a different way. 
they would give reverence. I'm sure they probably only ate that meat once a week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not this mass slaughtered animal that's being pumped full of drugs and hormones and being mistreated. It's Mm -hmm. a wild deer running around happy and, you know, and they're loving this, this deer for his sacrifice and they're honoring this deer. So it's a totally different way. And I feel even like the practices that they commit on these animals now it, it goes through into the food, into your, the meat, right. the, the hormones that this poor animal is producing, living in fear and being slaughtered is going into the blood of the animal. And then we're consuming that. Mm-hmm. To me, that just, I, it doesn't sit well with me. And I just, I can't, I can't. Yeah. 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 It's, it's something that, you know, cause I made the same realizations and, and, and for, and, and for me at first it was a sort of a hell thing, but then I began to really reflect and I'd say, okay, well, um, there's something that the philosopher, there, 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 there's something that, 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 that um, that J.S. Mill said, um, British philosopher, he made, he said, well, the, the thing we have to ask ourselves about entities who live is, um, can they suffer? Mm-hmm. And if they can suffer, the question becomes, well, if we can do something different, why are they suffering? You know, right. if, if there's no need, because we could, we could, of course, say that, well, when we cut plants from the earth, they're mm-hmm. they, they, which and an argument could definitely be made for that. Sure. Definitely. Um, you know, the, 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 the issue is, well, maybe as we begin to progress when there's no need to do that, maybe we can stop doing that too. Um, you, mm. know, you know, but, but the issue becomes, well, how can I cause the least amount of suffering as possible? Um, exactly. And, and, and this is something that, you know, because yeah, and, and there, and, and there, and there definitely is a difference in ways in which this happens. Um, mm-hmm. Because there, because I think there is a difference between um, seeing a non-human animal and, celebrating the sacrifice it's made and and it, it's and the non-human animal still lives on in that sort of framework because mm-hmm. it becomes a part of us and absolutely and but you, these these frameworks within where everything is seen as an object as opposed mm-hmm. to every object being a subject for something else and vice versa mm-hmm. this is the sort of framework which does reflect back to many of our ancestors, um, mm-hmm. you know, and just this appreciation of the earth. You know. Right. Of every creature that was created by the creator, you know, for that animal, loving that animal, you know, loving the plants you eat, giving thanks, giving reverence, because without these, we would not even be here. Giving thanks to the father's son for growing our food, Thanks to, you know, the, the rain deities, Tlaloc, mm-hmm. you know, for, for providing that life. Mm-hmm. All of the elements, giving thanks while yeah. we eat, before we eat, while we're preparing. Because without them, we wouldn't have these gifts. We wouldn't be able to sustain ourselves. That's it. That's it. That's it. And, and that even ties back to what Unbat says in, in Secrets of Mind, Science, and Religion about human subjectivity. 
You know, mm-hmm. many, many times a lot of these things revolve around the human being the pinnacle of the universe. Right. And, and if we look at what he's presenting to us, he's saying, well, for us, that never was the case. Right. That wasn't, that wasn't the case at all. You know, the, you know, the, the, the way a human subject is constructed in philosophies that came from England, that came from Germany, that came from France, etc. These philosophies did focus the human, the, 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 these, these philosophies, many of them did focus subjectivity around the human. But, mm-hmm. but in, in what Humboldt's men is telling us, well, everything is conscious. So, 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 so your, your status as, a, as an experiencing entity depends on other entities. This Absolutely. Is not about you. Right. This is about all of us collectively. Right. In Lakesh. In Lakesh. I am you. You are yep. me. We say that to each other. We say yep. that to a grasshopper. You That's know, right. we need every every part, every little creation of the creator is necessary. The bees, the birds, the hummingbirds, they're all necessary mm-hmm. for us to live like we do, to breathe fresh air. Mm-hmm. The brother tree you know, who we're connected to. That's right. You know, not many of us stop to give thanks to the brother tree, but mm-hmm. we wouldn't be here breathing without the brother tree. Right. So these are elements that we need for survival and for life. And so why wouldn't we give them reverence? Why wouldn't we stop and thank them mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. our life? Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't we? You know, why wouldn't we? You know, the last time I was in um, Belize, um, I was at Zunantinich, which is an ancient Mayan site at, on the border of Belize and Guatemala. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I had never been there before. That was, I, I've been to Belize several times. I'd never been to Zunantinich before. And my father was saying, go, check it out, you know. And, and yeah, I got there. I climbed to the height of the temple and all of these things that you're telling me um, and all the things that we've been speaking of. I saw them, you know, know, I was taken into a different world, you know, maybe that was just my mind telling me something, but I felt like I was in a different place. Um, Yeah. I feel like these sacred temples, um, I feel like they carry energies and um, you know, these are very sacred places for our ancestors. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like it was just you. I think it was them. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful energies and vibrations of that sacred space reminding you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. I think that's right. Like if I was a betting man, I would say that's what it was. It was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah. You know, all of them converging, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and experiences such as those. And I mean, the beautiful, the beautiful thing about um, Belize is that we're always finding different Mayan sites. You know, they're, they're, we always are uncovering them. You know, it's, it's so, it's so beautiful. Like, you know, never ending, never ending. It's amazing. According yeah. to Unbat's men, there's over 20,000 sacred centers within Mexico, within Belize, Guatemala. There's so many of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And they're still being found today. You yeah. know, different uh, water systems are being found underneath them. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so amazing and so vast. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's it beautiful, is. you know. And, and it, it puts us in touch with just um, 
ancient ways of doing things, you know, that, that, we, that, 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 that we need to remember because the past is powerful and the yes. past is the present. And so mm-hmm. um, I think the thing, the thing that we want to always be conscious of, and this is something as process people we always are conscious of, is being aware that the present is, that the past is the present. Because sometimes we think that we're in this existence is disconnected, but um, we're, we're of the perspective that, well, a thousand years ago is today. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and everything is cyclical. Um, we, we, we see this in Mayan worldviews. We see this in Yoruba worldviews. We see this in the worldviews that were presented in India, et cetera. You know, um, you know these, are, these are ancient, ancient rivers that flow. Mm-hmm. For sure, and I mean, I really appreciate you bringing us into those with, with your person, your work, and your justice activity in the world. Thank you. you. Well, all thanks to my great teacher. Um, without him, you know, I, I wouldn't. He wouldn't have sparked that interest within me. So, mm-hmm. thanks to Umbachman for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Respect to the ancestor. You know, I wish I could have met him. I wish I could have met him. But, well, you kind of did, <laughs> because true. you know you study, you read his books, and you know according to him, you know we are, we're all energy. You know, like you were saying, uh, it, they don't believe in linear time schools; mm-hmm. it's all secular. So you know, his energy's here. He's not dead. His physical body is not here, but. Let's see, I think I lost you. Hello. Hi. <laughs> you know, something, something happened. Um, oh. that, that's okay. No, go, go ahead. Finish, finish what you were saying because I can always edit that stuff out. That's fine. Oh yeah. Um, no, I was just saying that um, you know, Unbats is still here. You know, mm-hmm. you might not have met him in the physical form, but you've read his teachings. You've practiced his practices with me. Mm-hmm. So you know that's his energy. Mm-hmm. And you, it's like you did. You were in contact with him. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. I was in contact with him through you and through his books and through his ideas. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Well, you know what? Um, the last thing I wanted to talk with you about, um, tell us more about your jewelry. Ooh. <laughs> well, I absolutely love making jewelry. I'm really honored. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I have to pinch myself because these amazing goddesses are just rocking my jewelry. (laughs) And (laughs) it's overwhelming sometimes. I I really can't believe it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And and amazing gods too. There's some amazing men out there too, Mm -hmm. Um, including yourself, you know, wearing uh, some of creations. So. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so like I said earlier, I really set my intention um, 
all of the jewelry is custom made. Mm -hmm. So a customer will contact me and maybe they have a specific stone in mind or maybe they're trying to align with a certain energy. They're trying to call in more love or forgiveness or to bring more prosperity and wealth or happiness. And um, so there's a, there's a crystal for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, it's just amazing that the Mother Earth, Donan Sintlali, everything she provides for us is pure medicine. Mm-hmm. So these crystals that she provides us, um, you know, our bodies, when we carry these crystals, our bodies align to those frequencies. And we start to take on the frequencies of the stone. Mm-hmm. And those frequencies are to allow us to love, allow us to forgive, allow us to be happier, and so forth. So that I use those. I use a lot of healing crystals in the jewelry, but I do also use a copper, which is extremely healing element. It um, helps to increase your blood flow. It helps to keep you balanced um and then two they're very energetic you know we could look as an example at the quartz watch you know the brand name quartz mm-hmm. well it's not only the brand name there's quartz in there and right. that's how the watch works is through the quartz crystals that's how our iphone is working through crystals um you know fortunately that whole thing has been tainted because you know they're hurting children so we can make our cell phones yeah they are Um, yeah it's horrific yep um but you know these are all elements of the earth and so i consciously use those elements especially for the wearer whatever the energy they're trying to align with and when i created i'm thinking of the that wearer you know what are they trying to call into their life and with pure love i create that for them and thanks to the creator because a lot of these amazing women and men will will tell me like oh as soon as i opened it i felt it i felt the packet i felt the energy you know and right i'm telling you sometimes i really i have to pinch myself because i really i can't believe um that i'm doing this and that the, the creator allows me to do this, to allow me this skill to sit and use my hands and my heart to create these things for people. So I'm really grateful for everybody who supports me and loves me and, you know, rocks my jewelry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. I'm going to tell everybody who's, who's listening, you need some Eats Papalo work in your life. You need some Children of Venus work in your life, um, you know, because it really, yeah, the pieces that I've gotten from you, you know, I would wear them out and I would just feel powerful when I, when I had them on. You know, I would, I would feel like I was in contact with my ancient self, you know. Yes. And, and yeah, it's, you know, and, and yeah, there is a, there is a certain power that comes with the elements of the earth and Mm -hmm. the work work that you present to us and the work that you provide for the world is rooted in that. And it's really, it's really transforming, 
you know, and, 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 I, and I see the work that you're doing with people and I see how you are transforming lives by the jewelry you make, you know, it's amazing. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> we, believe, we believe in emotion, so crying is fine. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Don't shame me. <laughs> it's beautiful. And you know what I always tell these beautiful people is, you know what? It's just a reminder. Mm-hmm. It, you, like you said right now, it makes me feel powerful. You are powerful. Mm-hmm. It, this is just a reminder. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's, Bars. It's, in gratitude thank you yeah yeah well thank you thank you for um the work that you do in the world from your jewelry to your philosophy to your yoga to just yourself you know um we really mm-hmm. we really appreciate you and i know that our listeners appreciate hearing you and hearing about you so thank you well thank you to you mr gill you know you have been a great influence and a great teacher in my life I'm extremely grateful for you and I'm just giving my love to everybody who needs it right now. And, um, yeah, I'm I'm grateful. Thanks to the creator. Thanks to my ancestors. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, before we get out of here, um, tell people where they can find you and tell them and, 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 and give people a quick rundown about everything you're doing right now and how they can be a part of it. Yay! Exciting. So um, right now I am currently working on a website. It's not up yet, but you could find me on Instagram, Children of Venus. And um, right now I am in the process of creating a Zoom class where we will be studying the ancient Mayan yogic uh, practices. That's going to be every Thursday evening starting next Thursday. Uh, from 7 to 8 30 p.m. So I'm working on that right now. I'm also uh, going to announce something special, which will be a um, sexual alchemy, Mayan sexual alchemy class coming February on Valentine's Day. Nice. Um, so that's going to, I'm really super excited about that. Um, so yeah, please, you know follow me get some more information um if you'd like to have a custom piece made for you dm me i like that one-on-one contact with people um which is probably why i haven't created a website yet because i feel like that's just really robotic right uh so each piece i make is custom like this is for you (laughs) and i love that i really do because i get to talk to the the people who are asking for it i get to see why they're wanting it and really fine-tune it and customize it for them so yes please give me a follow and um, feel free to ask me any questions i'm really open to that and i hope to see some of you on next thursday on the zoom class is going to be great dope 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 very cool very cool well i'm sure you are you are going to get some new followers and some new friends and some new people to co-create with and to co-collaborate with i'm sure it's going to happen Um, awesome definitely definitely well thank you so much it's papalo and we've been honored to have you in our in our realm Thank you so much. I appreciate you, John. Well, there you have it. It's Papalot. 
extraordinaire in jewelry making and sage of Mayan yoga. Glad that you were able to spend some time with us and we were enriched by your conversation. And I know that everyone in podcast land was enriched as well. Well, next time we get together, you'll be hearing from Khaled Keith Perry, who is currently the lecturer in public theology at Boston University and the former co-director, executive co-director of ARC, Arts, Religion and Culture. So we're going to have a great conversation around theopoetics, public theology and the common good in the world and what we can do to promote that. Khaled and I are also spearheading a book series called Novel Adventures, Explorations and Creativity in Spirituality. You can find more information about this book series, which is tailored to be writing that is accessible and that challenges the ways we live in the world. The Novel Adventures series is tailored to writing on spirituality and the arts, both broadly defined, and most of the text in the series will be co-author text. So again, the information for the series is available on our website, www.ctr4process.org. So when you search the site and you look under resources, you'll find Novel Adventures. If you're interested, please contact us. Contact information is listed. So with that being said, we're signing off and we look forward to catching you next time you hear us. Till then, take care. Once again, we express gratitude for joining us on all things cosmic, philosophy, science, and art. A podcast of the Center for Process Studies. For more information on what we do, make sure you check out www.centerforprocess.org. www.ctr4process.org. My name is John Ivan Gill, and on behalf of Andrew Davis, We're signing off. Farewell.